Thank you so much for having me here today. Yes, I'm Louie's baby brother, Frank. And I worship and serve at Covenant United Methodist Church. I work at Daytona State College and have been there 34 years. But I worship and serve at Covenant United Methodist Church uh, just down the road from you guys. And I've had the pleasure and the honor of being worship leader there for the last 24 years, I think, and recently retired as the worship leader. And um, so now I work in the sound booth and really enjoy that and just trying to make myself available for wherever God wants to use me. So I'm coming to you this morning really with the heart of a worship leader and uh, with someone who's been involved in leadership in the church really since I was about 12 or 13 years old. And um, so I'm bringing that baggage with me this morning. I'm sorry, bringing a history with me. I shouldn't. Yeah. Um, Maggie blessed us tremendously with the Bible study this morning. Matter of fact, uh, she stole my sermon. So I would just say if somebody, if somebody recorded that, then y'all can play it and we can all go and leave early. I hear Green Acres is the place to be, right? Green Acres is the place to be. And I loved Maggie's message this morning because it, it uh, talked about serving where God's placing you. That was one of the points of the message is to serve where God is placing you. The devastation and the damage caused by Hurricane Ian is hard for us really to comprehend the scope of that and the extent of all of that. The images of destroyed homes and destroyed lives are heartbreaking. I know some of you have had your homes damaged, trees uprooted, roofs damaged. A lot of us were without power for periods of time. Windows may be broken. Food in the refrigerator spoiled. At Covenant United Methodist Church, um, we recently had a fire. Uh, well, I say recently, about two years ago, had a fire. But we've been dealing with that damage from that fire the last two years. And it can cause division and separation. Events like this, tragedies like this, devastation and damage can cause division in the body of Christ, can cause damage in the body of Christ. I was listening to the news this morning about a woman who had been approached by someone wearing a FEMA vest. And it was a scammer. It was a scammer. And so in times like this, people, um, evil people, people with evil intent will try to take advantage and cause even more damage, cause even more division. And as a, as a worship leader and being in leadership for a long time in church, you know, I see people individually and their relationship and walk with God. I see the church 
the body of Christ. And how God inhabits that. And then I see the worldwide body of Christ all over the world. I imagine that God sometimes feels the same way as we felt these last two weeks. I imagine that sometimes God feels the same way when His home, His dwelling place, His tabernacle is damaged and destroyed. When it's scattered and when His body, His dwelling place is torn apart. And so today I want to take a few minutes for us to consider how God desires to live and dwell in us individually. God's Word says that we are a sanctuary, a tabernacle, a temple, a dwelling place for God's Holy Spirit. But as we'll see today, you, plural, you, the living cornerstone, are a dwelling place a tabernacle, a temple for the Lord God Almighty. And the worldwide, that uh, universal body of believers is a dwelling place, a tabernacle, a home for the Most High God. So we're going to look uh, at how God has created the church. And I'm going to, when I say today, when I talk about the church and the temple, yeah, we can talk about that worldwide body of believers. We can talk about you individually, but I want to talk about you, the living cornerstone, and not really you, the living cornerstone, you, Covenant United Methodist Church, you, Port Orange United, you, any church, the church across the street, the four or five churches on Taylor Road, right? So I want us to think about it today from that perspective of you, the living cornerstone, and being a dwelling place, a temple, a tabernacle, a sanctuary for the Lord God Almighty. Yes, there's a building, and you have consecrated, you have sanctified this facility and given it to God and offered it to God, and it's a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Yes, all of that. But today I want to talk about the church body this morning. I want to talk about how God desires, not only has he created you, the living cornerstone, not only has he created you to be a dwelling place, but he desperately desires to live in you together, together, to dwell in you together. Yes. So let's look at it today from that perspective. You, the living cornerstone. You, Port Orange Baptist. You, the Catholic Church. You, the Epiphany Church. Whoever may be listening online, whatever body of believers you belong to. So let's take a look at First Peter, if we would. First Peter was written by the Apostle Peter, probably around 64 A.D., And Peter was writing to the Jews and the Christians that were scattered throughout northern Asia Minor, which today is kind of western Turkey. So to help you think of where that is, most of us can find Italy, right? We know Italy's the boot, and you can, okay, we can zero in on Italy. So if you take Italy and then head east a little bit, you're going to hit Greece. 
And then if you head east a little bit more, that's when you're going to hit Turkey, that Asia Minor area. And so Peter wrote this first letter to that church, Christians and Jews, that were scattered throughout that region. So again, Peter's writing to a group of folks, a body of believers. And yes, he's writing to individuals that read the letter, but he's directed that letter to that body of believers. And Peter was writing to these Jews and Christians who were scattered and in facing increased persecution, devastation, and damage. Does it sound familiar to you? Yes. Even though that they were scattered, Peter was writing them to let them know that God's plan is to build them together for his purpose. Even though they're scattered, God's plan was to take that scattered group of Christians and Jews and build them together for his purpose, for his dwelling place, to grow his dwelling place. So, if you have your Bibles, you can turn in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, that's going to come right before 2 Peter in your Bible. Yeah. I figured that out all by myself. 1 Peter chapter 2... And I'm going to be looking at the um, New International Version. So as you think of the word you, yes, you can think of the word you individually. But again, I want to think of the word you, this body of believers right here, as you. Yes, he was writing to Jews and Christians scattered in Asia Minor. But as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In this verse, Christ is the living stone, one stone, and... Of course, in the very next verse, Peter says that he is the the living cornerstone. All right, yeah. yes, he is the living cornerstone, right? He's not just a, a stone, a living stone. He is the living cornerstone. I love it, and that we, you, us, we are living stones, plural. We are living stones. And God is building us together into a spiritual house. So when you read Corinthians, you read about the body of Christ, right? And all parts of the body are important, right? This is just a different way of looking at the body of Christ. Instead of using the body as an example, here Peter is using a building as an example, And so, yes, you are parts of the body of Christ. And every part, the Word tells us, is important and useful for God's purpose. The same is with you living stones. Every stone is important. God has a purpose for every stone. There are stones over these doorways. Stones, if it was a stone roof, stones in the roof. Every stone has a place And has a purpose. That's what Maggie was talking about a little bit earlier. That we all have a place and a purpose. And it's important 
that we listen to where God is planting us, where God is using us. And today I just want to share, as maybe you can tell, my passion for the importance of you understanding that you are a living stone here. You are a living stone here. God is trying to build. God is building. He will build a spiritual house. But he has chosen you, each one of you and you at home. He's chosen each one of you to be here. He's placed you here. He picked up you and said, I'm placing you here. So many times in my tenure as a worship leader, I see people take that too casually. I wasn't being fed there, so I'm leaving. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And I always want to say, what are you bringing? Not what are you being fed. What are you bringing? Right? So I'm, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to my church. I ain't talking. You know, Louis didn't say, Frank, be sure to talk about this. now. Louis and I didn't say nothing to anybody. I'm just trying to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Right? Right? And so I'm talking to all the churches. Right? All of you. All of us. What am I bringing? What am I bring? What did I bring this morning? Did I come in with a sacrifice of praise? Did I come in, prayed up and worshiped up before I ever got here? Right? And bring that in. Right? The Israelites didn't come to the temple empty handed. They came with a sacrifice. And I believe God wants the same from us. He wants us to come here to the Living Cornerstone, to Covenant United Methodist Church, wherever you're worshiping, and bringing a sacrifice. So, we are the living stones, and God is building us together into a spiritual house, a place where God lives in us together. About nine years earlier, in A.D. 55, the Apostle Paul was having to write to the Corinthian church about, guess what? Quarreling and divisions. You hear that church? Not just you guys coming to everybody. Y'all hear it? Quarreling and divisions among themselves. Paul was instructing them on how to conduct themselves as a church together. As a church together. So let's take a, a quick look at that, if you would, in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 9 through 17. That's right before 2 Corinthians, by the way, in case you're wondering. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to be reading to you here from the message. For we are co-workers. Did that sound like God building us together? We're not workers. We're co-workers, right? We, for we are co-workers. Now the NIV also says co-workers. The King James Version, I love that, says laborers together. We are laborers together in God's service. Why is God building us together into a spiritual household, into a spiritual dwelling, right? For God's service. God has a plan, not only for you individually, but for you, TLC, together. God has brought you to this place at this time. That's what Maggie said. To this place at this time for His purpose, for His service, you are God's field, it says. God's building. You are God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. 
For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid. That's that living cornerstone, right? Yeah, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, stones, wood, hay, straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. We're going to go through fire, right? God's building you together, and we're going to go through some stuff together, right? It'll be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Hallelujah. And it is, if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though as one escaping through the flames. Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Think about that, Frank. Yeah. Think about that, Frank. For God's temple, each one of you, but you collectively, you together, is sacred. And you together are that temple. You together are created to be a dwelling place for God. And it is God's desire from the very beginning of time to the end of time. For all eternity, it's God's desire to dwell in you together. God desires to dwell in you together. We believe that Moses, inspired by God, wrote the book of Leviticus. In in Leviticus, we learn that God loves us and desires to dwell in us. But he does so on his own terms. He lays down those laws and rules for the priests. And this is how I am to be worshipped. So listen, as God speaks through Moses to the nation of Israel, and you now are the nation of Israel. So listen, as God speaks through Moses to the nation of Israel, and by God's covenant with Abraham, speaks to us, the church. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Leviticus and listen how God expresses his desire to dwell in Israel. Now, this is Leviticus chapter 26, verse 9. God will express his desire to dwell in Israel in you. You are Israel. God says, I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you have to move it out and make room for the new. That's some good news right there. I like that. I will put my dwelling place among you. I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of sin. Thank you, God. So that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians, to sin. Oh, thank you, Lord. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. Yes, Leviticus shows us. That's good news. Yes, Leviticus shows us that from the beginning, actually before time began, God has desired to dwell with us together. 
Yes, with us individually, but with us as a nation, with us as the worldwide body of believers. So you were designed to be a dwelling place for the Most High God. God desires. He says, he'll walk among you. You'll be eating this great food. And he'll say, I got more coming. Push the mashed potatoes out of the way. We got some cornbread coming. Hallelujah. I like the sound of that. Yeah. So God desires to dwell with you. To love on you. Yes. So now, um, let's look forward a little bit. Revelation shows us. That is God's desire to dwell with us together now and for all eternity. Revelation chapter 21. I know this will be a passage familiar with many of you. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea, no separation. When Christ died, the veil of the temple was torn, right? There's no more separation. That means God's close to us again. That veil isn't there. There's no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. That's you. That's you, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. God in you individually and God into you together as a city, right? That's how God describes it. As a city, right? Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. Amen. And he will dwell with them now and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. Yes. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, more mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Yes. Yes. God desires to dwell with you now And his plan is to dwell with this body of believers and the worldwide body of believers for all eternity. So as you think about this verse of Revelation, how close physically do you have to be to someone to wipe a tear from their eye? God says he'll wipe every tear from your eye. How close do you have to be physically, right, to wipe a tear from someone's eye, right? Physically, you've got to be close. God says he's going to be that close, right? He is that close. How close relationally to someone should you be, right? Some of y'all don't want me that close to you, and I shouldn't be that close to you. But God says I'll be that close to you. So how close relationally to someone should you be to wipe a tear from their eye? That's an intimate relationship, right? And that's what God wants. God wants to be so close to you that when you're crying, he's right there. He's right there. And he's relationally that close to you, right? I'll keep this. Gee, I could get a PG-13 movie going here, but God loves you that much. The imagery of God wiping tears from the eyes of his bride is a beautiful illustration of God's deep desire to dwell in us together, his beautiful bride. So what do you do, TLC? What do you do? As a body of believers here, 
God has brought you here. He picked you up. I helped a guy build a fireplace one time. And he knew what he was doing. I was just the guy that mixed the mortar and stacked the bricks. But he told me when he stacked the we had four pallets of bricks. And he said, I want one brick from that pallet here, next pallet here. Next. He said, don't bring me all the bricks from the same pallet and put them on the, on the scaffolding next to me. He says, mix the bricks up. That's more work. So I asked, I said, why? He goes, because those bricks tend in one pallet tend to be the same color. He goes, so if you take all the bricks from one pallet and build the fireplace, and then you get the next pallet and build it, the bricks are a different color, and now you got dark bricks here and lighter bricks there. And uh, He goes, so I want them all mixed up. Right? Right. Yeah, he wanted them mixed up so that the bricks were just random. Now, they were all the same color, kind of. You know, different shades of the same color. But he wanted them mixed up. He had a method. He had a method. And... Um, then he'd pick up a brick and look at it and examine it, right? And so God has done that with you, with me at Covenant United Methodist Church. God has picked you up and examined you and said, I want you to be right here because I'm building a spiritual house at TLC, at the church across the street, at the church across the road. So God has created you to be a dwelling place. God desires to dwell in you. So what do you do? Good news is, and you know this, you've probably heard four or five incredible sermons over the years, over the decades. Romans 12, 1 and 2. So what do you do? Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us. So here, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. You're walking around life. Your Bible study. Your men's group. Your TLC kids care. Your women's group. Take all that stuff and place it before God as an offering. As a living sacrifice. As you read in other versions. As a living sacrifice. That's God taking you and offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Yes, readily recognize that He wants what He wants from you. God wants something from you, individually and collectively. God's got a purpose and a plan for you, TLC. So, recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed, well-formed maturity in you. I don't think that we as individuals fully realize and place enough importance on God's design and desire to dwell in us together. It's easy to think about that one-on-one relationship with God. But my challenge to you today, that as a worshiper here at TLC, yes, think about that relationship with God. But also I want you to think, God has a plan for me here. He placed me here for a reason. That's important. And I think sometimes we take that too casually. I've been involved, like I said, in church leadership from a young age. 
And I've seen the devastation and the damage to the dwelling place of God caused by an uncaring attitude towards God's design and desire to dwell in us together. So I close with this scripture the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to that divided church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You've offered your body as a living sacrifice to God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, I'd like to put it in a little different perspective. That same verse in a little different perspective. Do you, TLC, do you, Covenant United Methodist Church, do you, Thrive Community Church, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, First Baptist Church of Port Orange, who is in you, Restoration Church, who is in you, Christ Church, whom you, Port Orange Christian Church, whom you, Cross Creek Community Church, whom you, Spruce Creek Presbyterian Church, have received from God. You churches are not your own. You, One Church, Port Orange, you, Our Lady of Hope, Catholic Church, you, New Life Church, were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body at TLC. Honor God. Let us pray. God, thank you that you have created us to be a dwelling place for you. You are the Lord God Almighty. Yes, God, you are the creator of everything, God, and we worship you. We praise you. We bring you, God, an offering of praise. And God, this morning, we offer you either for the first time, God, or again and again, God, we offer you our bodies individually. But God, we offer you TLC as a living sacrifice. God, take These living stones that you've placed right here, take these living stones, God, and build them into your spiritual house, into your dwelling, for your desire, for your purpose, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow, was that a needed message for TLC? Yes, it was. I feel like we need to acknowledge it somehow. Would you just stand up for a moment? We are going to do another praise and worship song, but just stand up and just stay where you are. But look to a person to your left and right and say, you are the body of Christ. Amen. Get busy. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is he ready? One, two, three, four. So let's sing this song on Eagle's Wings. Let's really take it to heart. Psalm 
91, he said he would command his angels to guard you in all of your ways so that you wouldn't even strike your foot against a stone. And sometimes we say, but Lord, I struck my foot against a stone. <laughs> but don't worry, there's another chance. So let's praise God. <laughs> Oh 
Go with God and let somebody know you care about them.